everybody. Welcome to another episode of UX Pathways, and I have the honor of being joined today by Mr. Everett McKay. How are you today? Very well, Mark. How are you? So far, so good. Enjoying Excellent. the day. Yes. So so glad to catch up with you. I mean, a fan of your work. I've obviously I've read your book. We know we've had some exchanges on that, and just interested to you know dive into your career. And let's start with what is your current role. Right, my current role. So I happen to be self-employed. My company is UX Design Edge. So I'm the principal of UX Design Edge. Um, and at the moment, I'm doing basically two things. Um, so I'm doing projects for clients. And I'm also dipping my toe into entrepreneurship. And I've taken the plunge. And I'm actually designing and implementing my own project that I hope to put on the market. So uh, it's very a uh, very challenging and also thrilling uh, thing to be doing right now. It's so, you know, it's, it's funny. It, it, I'm so used to working for somebody else in terms of doing projects and whatnot, uh, but the opportunity arose where I had a, what I hope is a great idea and I had an opportunity to actually execute it. So I thought, you know what? I'm not getting any younger. I think now is the time. So uh, I'm working on a project. I want to. I want to keep what the project is a bit close to my vest, but it does involve uh, UX design as well as writing code. I'm writing a mobile app using React, and um, the great thing that I love about doing this particular project is it's it's just such a thrill to be able to not only design whatever you want to do without restriction but also uh, be able to implement it uh, right away and be able to try things out. And uh, just the efficiency of being able to handle both sides of the equation is really, it's really kind of a thrill for me. So I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I'm working on other projects, as I mentioned, uh, just quickly about my company and, and how I ended up where I am now. So I, I had pretty much a traditional yeah. career. I started, um, working at a variety of small companies, one thing led to another and I ended up at Microsoft. I was there for 10 years, both on the Windows uh, client as well as the Windows server teams. And uh, when I decided to go on my own, uh, actually one, one weird thing is that when I was there, a friend of mine, you might've heard of Scott Berkham, he was teaching a uh, course at Microsoft on how to design stuff. It was called, uh, I think it was called UI Design Basics. And for some reason, he decided to move on and do other things. And for whatever, so what he did is he said, hey, I'm moving on, anyone interested in taking over the course? And for reasons I cannot entirely explain or even remember, uh, I volunteered to do that. And so that was kind of like just a thing on the side, but something I did for maybe four years, something like that. So when it, when it came time to think about my post-Microsoft career, I thought, well, you know, I really enjoy training. And so, uh, you know, and I've got kind of a, both a technical background and a design background, so I can speak to a, a, a rather broad audience. So when the time came, uh, thinking about what I wanted to do on my own, uh, I decided to take up training. So when I started UX Design Engine in 2010, the focus was on training and it remained that way uh, pretty much until a couple of years ago. The, which was fortunate for me because uh, the interesting thing about doing like, you know, on-site training right now, as you can imagine, given COVID and the situation we're in right now, it's not the business it used to be. 
So uh, fortunately for me, kind of in the meantime, I had a, a variety of clients and uh, one thing led to another and my clients started to ask me to actually do projects for them. So kind of just in the nick of time before COVID broke out, I, I, I started making the transition from training to actual consulting and design work. And so uh, that's where I am now. Yeah, it's exciting. And I know I was there, I saw one of your talks where you're talking about the UX unicorn. And, oh, yeah. you know, and I thought that was really interesting how what you're saying right now is pretty much you're practicing what you're preaching. You're saying that it is helpful to know both sides of the equation. And I think it's interesting how that has, it seems like that's adapted into what you're doing right now. Yes, very much so. So I started my career as a developer and then I moved over to UX design. Basically the story behind that is that, you know, as a developer, I, I thought that having a great user experience was kind of the key to success. It was the part I, of uh, development that I enjoyed the most. So just as a software developer over a period of time, I, my career kind of naturally gravitated towards UI design. Uh, so I, you know, I still have the skills, I still know how to code. Um, and so just, just to be clear, in case anyone's worried though, uh, the kind of the key to my talk, I called it, what was it like adventures in, in you know, UX unicornism or something to that effect. Uh, the story that I told was that, uh, you know, just to kind of answer the age old question as a UX designer, do you need to know how to code? And my short answer is no, you don't, absolutely not. It's not really a problem. You've got you know, a team and people who can do that for you. It's not really a concern. But the interesting thing is being able to code in a variety of recent projects really enabled me to do things that would have been really kind of impractical any other way. Uh, you know, it's possible maybe I could have gotten a developer, but then, you know, budgets would be blown out of uh, proportion and, and uh, you know, I wouldn't be able to execute as, as well as I could have. So just having that option of, of being able to write code when necessary, I think has really enabled me to do things that would be perhaps impractical in any other situation. Yeah, that's amazing. And I it's fascinating your career, how you, you ended up there. It sounds like there's a lot of opportunities that you took advantage of to work in this capacity. For your perspective, you started talking about a little bit of advice. So I kind of got a good picture of how you got to where you are. But is your advice exactly that, that if you're thinking of getting into this career, you should, or industry, you should be thinking about where you fit in and what type of knowledge to explore or is there something more to it? Could be, uh, that's, that's a tough question to answer. Of course, I can only really give it from my own personal perspective and that's very much what I did. Uh, but, you know, I'm just thinking about the industry today. Of course, you know, I've been doing this for a while. Uh, I'm sure you've been doing it roughly the same amount of time. And as you know, it's, it's a completely different world today than when we started. And just trying, I'm just trying to imagine, you know, what it, would it be to be a uh, freshly minted designer starting your career today? And the interesting thing about that is, uh, you know, on one hand, things have never been better, but on the other hand, things have never been uh, more challenging. You know, it's, it would be, I would imagine, you know, if, if the opportunities there, you know, maybe you can, you can start right up and everything's just great. But it can be very, very difficult to get your career started. And it's different today than when we started, for sure. So I have what I would, uh, I would say is a, certainly a non-traditional way of getting into UX design, which is as a developer. Uh, 
And what I found is that uh, that worked well for me and it was kind of a natural progression from one thing to another. But the interesting thing I would say just as general advice on, on where the world is today is, is of course you can start your career as a traditional UI or UX developer for sure. But, you know, the great thing about UX design is there's no one way of doing it. There's no, there's no one pathway into getting uh, into it. And so it's possible that any discipline can lead to the road to success. Uh, for UX design. So, and, and, the, and there's also a lot of roles that can lead to UX design that aren't necessarily obviously design roles. So, you know, if, for example, project management is, is your way to go, uh, you know, maybe as a project owner who is very design savvy, you can, you can excel at that. So you're not necessarily uh, doing the design work, but you're driving the design work and you can, you're able to lead your team better because you're UX design savvy, that's a way. Um, you know, in terms of content, you know, the, the content creators who are UX design savvy uh, have kind of a natural pathway into the UX design field. I was thinking, you know, even something like tech support, you know, tech support is like a goldmine of UX data uh, that is not entirely clearly exploited. You know, the, the tech support people have the direct contact with the customers. They understand customers extremely well. You know, if you happen to be a tech support type or have a tech support type role and you're interested in UX design, it's entirely possible that you could leverage that role into a UX field simply by understanding your customers better than everyone else on your team. Yeah, it's interesting. I have a friend that is, that's exactly what he did. He was in tech support and that's how he discovered user experience through that angle. So I think you're exactly correct. It's, there are a lot of avenues and you've got to have the passion and desire. And once you can focus, I think good things could happen. Great advice. And I was wondering, you know, how can people find out more about what you do? Well, um, I guess the obvious easy answer. So there, there, well, there's, there's two things, I guess. So certainly, the, uh, by the way, you said book, you should have said books. Uh, ah, so yeah, see, I've got, I've got. <laughs> I've learned something so I've today my, myself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so my la latest book is called Intuitive Design. And just to kind of explain what that's all about. Um, you know, the interesting thing, actually, I, I don't know if we're in a hurry, but I, I'll give you the long story. Uh, so um, when I started my designing my course, or I called it UX Design Essentials, when I started designing UX Design Essentials, one of the things I wanted everyone who took my class to understand was what exactly makes an intuitive design. Uh, the only problem with that is I wasn't entirely sure myself. You know, I had kind of uh, an intuitive feel, so to speak, of, of what intuitive design was. But if you were to corner me and say, you know, what exactly is this and how do you know for sure if you've got it? Uh, I wasn't able to answer that question. And I wanted people who took my course to be able to answer that question. So uh, just thinking that through and starting that down this road, what I did is I got all, all the books. I got a huge, in fact, I was in this very chair in this very office. I got all my design books out, started looking up the word intuitive book by book and was surprised to, to discover that only two books defined 
or at least had the word intuitive in the index. And I honestly, I don't remember what the first book was, but the second book was, was uh, Jeff Raskin's The Humane Interface. And what was interesting is he defined intuitive to mean familiar. So for him, they were synonyms. But the problem with that is that if that's all it takes, if familiarity is really all you need, then it's a trivial problem. And uh, we haven't solved the problem yet. And furthermore, I make the claim that, well, I can actually prove that uh, that's not the right definition through Don Norman's book, The Design of Everyday Things. Don Norman's book is essentially a book on why everyday things aren't intuitive. So if being everyday, or in other words, familiar, was sufficient to be intuitive, then Don Norman's book could not exist because it would be no material to discuss. So it's very clear, I think, that... Uh, being familiar is hardly sufficient. So I started to go down the road of, okay, what exactly is it? Uh, what, what does it mean to be intuitive? And uh, one of the books I was, uh, the second book that I wanted to refer to is, is my UI's communication book, which basically looks at UI design as a form of human communication. And so the idea I had when I was writing that book was that an intuitive design was basically a conversation with the product. And so I broke that conversation down into what I now call the eight steps of, an intu of, of intuitive design. So the idea was if we were able to design that con conversation in such a way where it was very clear what all those eight attributes were at each point, we would therefore have an intuitive design. And so that's what got me down that road was wanting to be able to answer the question, you know, what exactly does it mean to be intuitive? And if we're looking at a product or a design, you know, be able to assess, is this intuitive or is it not? And if not, why not specifically? And I, the reason I think that is huge is that so often this conversation that, that we would otherwise have is, is very personal and subjective. So it's like, oh, you know, what's intuitive to me isn't necessarily intuitive to you. It's a matter of personal opinion. I might think it's intuitive, you might not. And while there's a degree of truth to that in the sense that what is intuitive is in fact relative to the target user to some degree, it's also to a very large degree, a lot more objective than we seem to think. So by coming up with a set of, of, of objective criteria that we can apply, when we're evaluating a design, when we're, when we're creating a design or we're just discussing design has been enormously helpful. And so that's what that book is all about is really just coming up with a framework for understanding and assessing and designing intuitiveness. Well, I'm a fan and now I have to get your first one. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't realize that. So I, once again, I, you learn something every day and that's what this podcast is all about. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that as you started analyzing that, I think it's so important to come up with some kind of systematic way to evaluate that. And I think your book really helps fuel the fire on, on that, that thought process. So thank you for right. putting that out there. Right. So uh, Mark, you did say the third question was what yeah. specifically? Yeah, you've... I think you nailed it. It was advice on what you'd give someone in the future. And I think what I got out of it was that you could find it from any angle. And as you're, you're really getting into this field, there, there are a lot of ways to get into it. However, at the right. same point, I think you need to figure out the path that you want to take, because obviously as, as a designer, 
there are some key things that you need to pick up along the way. And this is a marathon. It just isn't going to happen overnight. That's, that's the one thing I've learned after talking to everyone and even myself. And I can sense that you would, I'm hoping that you would emulate the same feeling. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. So here's an interesting thing. So for the, for the folks at home watching this, the interesting thing about this particular interview is that Mark is asking three questions. I had no idea what those three questions were. So thinking about it, I thought- well, You're answering them all. <laughs> I'm going to prepare a little bit. So believe it or not, I came up with that as being one possible thing. And I just started writing things down and I came up with 14 things. And this was like not systematic in any way. This is just random stuff. But in the interest of time, I won't do the 14. I thought, you know, just for the fun to take advantage of this, I'll give you my first one and my last one. How does All that right. sound? All right. All right. So one interesting thing about what I'm doing right now, being that I'm in effect uh, hiring myself as, a, as my own UX designer, because I'm funding my project with my own money. Okay. So one interesting thing to think about as a UX designer is to, to, to ask yourself about your own value, you know, what your contribution is to your team. And an interesting way of, of uh, putting that into perspective is to simply ask yourself, would you hire yourself to do the work that you're doing? If you were paying the money, would you do what you're doing? And would you hire yourself to do what you are doing? And I think it's a very provocative uh, thing to think about because the world is totally different when you're paying your own way than when someone else is paying. And so I think that's kind of a different, is kind of an empathetic way of thinking about our role on the team, right? Are we delivering the value uh, that we need to in such a way where we're worth it to the extent that we would hire ourselves? And if the answer to that question is, I'm not sure if I'd hire myself, uh, interesting way of uh, thinking about your career is, is to make sure that you would, that you know that with confidence that you're delivering enough value that you would hire yourself if the time were to come. So I got a whole bunch of other good ones, but number 14 put just as, the, as the kind of a last thought, and that is keep a diary. And I don't really have a diary as such, it's, it's one note, but the interesting thing is, you know, Ideas come and go all the time. You know, if you're if you're really, I think if you're really a, a, a good designer, you've got so many ideas popping into your head constantly. And the tendency is to think, oh, that, you know, that's that's obvious. I won't forget that. And I find myself forgetting things all the time. And so uh, what I do is that if I have some sort of theme and some sort of ideas around that theme, uh, I write them down and I just get in the habit of collecting my ideas as I go, things I've learned, things that, you know, ideas on things to try, whatever idea you've got, just start getting in the habit of writing them down. Also, another thing to do is like you have a bad user experience, right? You use some product, you thought it was horrible, you know, there's some terrible UX mistake that someone made, document that, write it down somewhere and keep track of these things and what you will discover is that this becomes a really valuable tool that you can on occasion when the time comes refer to it to to see what you were thinking and then the observations you've made and the the insights that you've had it's just too hard to keep them in your head and so i find that by writing them down and just you know having some sort of diary of my thoughts 
really helps me uh, develop a depth in certain things that I care about so that I can rely on that resource later when needed. I'm speechless over here because I think that I've, I have, I do have a diary, but I write down ideas into it that I think that I want to revisit later. And I do similar things where I may grab a screenshot of something that I think is either bad UX or something interesting. And I have an affinity for surveys for some reason. I love when, when organizations send you a satisfaction survey, like, how did, how did you, how did you like the service there? You know, maybe you go to a restaurant. So I'll take a screenshot of it and I'll, I'll collect those things. But to me, I, I think it is important to, to do that. And I know you only did two on your list. Throw me another one. These, these are, these are fascinating. Right. Um, All right. Well, okay. I'll give you what, what at least from my own personal opinion is mm -hmm. the most important one. The thing that's kind of my, my, you know, guiding star here. And that is, you know, one thing about UX design, there's just so much stuff, right? I'm, in fact, I think of it as a tool chest. Uh, in my, my class, I literally had a picture of a tool chest and it's like, you know, UX design is, is a, is a discipline that requires being able to master a variety of tools. But the interesting thing for me is that uh, I consider my, the demonstration of, of expertise in UX design isn't so much using as many tools as you can, as much as it is using as few tools as you can. So I might have 20 or 30 tools in my tool chest, but there's a certain small number of tools that I use all the time. And those seem to, to solve most of the problems for me. So I thought I would share what those three tools are. So if I were, you know, I'm on a desert island, I've got three things to do a UX design challenge. Here they are. Number one is, I think it's very important to have what I call a decision-making framework that ultimately design is a process of making decisions on behalf of our target users to create a product that achieves their goals, right? So we're constantly making decisions. We don't want to be making kind of random one-off or personal opinion type decisions. We want some sort of framework for making decisions. So my first tool is a framework for making decisions, and that consists of three things, my value proposition, my personas, and my scenarios. So who are we designing for? What value are we delivering to those users? And how are we going to enable them to achieve that value. So it's value proposition, personas, scenarios. That Those are fantastic tools. Whenever you have a design question, those tools usually give you the answer. And of course, user research is, is a very important part in assembling those tools in the first place. Second tool that I use is guidelines, or uh, more specifically, principles, design principles. I like to have a very principle-based design. And so very often what I'll do is if I'm designing something, what I might do is just curate a set of relevant design principles to help me figure out what good design looks like. I find design principles is a very useful technique for making decisions. The third one, which is the topic of the book that we didn't discuss today, is that I view a user interface as basically a form of human communication. We're having a conversation with our users. And so the third technique that I use all the time is to design that conversation. What is the conversation? 
let's think it through. What would, if this, if the user were a human and I were the product and we were talking and the conversation is how are we going to achieve the user's goals? I want to design that. And the great thing about doing that is it allows me to really truly design a user experience above and beyond the screens. I'm not thinking about, you know, buttons and labels and, and you know, task flows necessarily. I'm thinking about a human conversation between two people trying to figure out how to communicate best to the user to get the task done. And once I've got that conversation understood, I can then translate that into what a, an appropriate UI design would be. So I find that very, very helpful. It doesn't work for every project, but it works for a lot of projects. It's really uh, quite powerful. Well, Everett, this, yeah. this has been epic. This is, uh, you've definitely touched on, I think, some very key topics. And you answered all the questions. You said okay. your current role in the industry, you talked about how you got into user experience, and then you gave some advice to you people trying to get into this field. And I think you're, you're 14 or the tips you have definitely would love to share those with, you know, the rest of the audience. And I think we definitely should plan for a part two sometime in the okay. future. Cause I feel as though we could just keep going you and I for probably another half hour. So easy. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> it's definitely been awesome. fun to have well, you look on. Forward to it. And I Very appreciate good. you sharing your advice and thank you for joining the podcast. I will be posting those tips along with your all your information to get a hold of you as well. Okay, fantastic. Well, Mark, this was great. I really appreciate the opportunity and I look forward to doing another one. Thank you. You're very welcome.